lighting nerds and friends, and welcome to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett. Thank you so much for joining me again. I uh, just got some great feedback on my last episode on have you ever uh, yelled at a uh, customer or um, in employees. I t- talked about uh, that my own personal case. Um, really love the feedback. I super appreciate that most of y'all have tremendous self-control and have never done such. So I think that just gives you all all-star credit. <laughs> um, but I know we all totally feel like uh, getting irrationally angry with a customer from time to time, maybe have. But um, anyway, I just think it's really great to know that we all experience that that emotion. And I mean, of course we do, but it's great to have our community talk about it and what it's like and how frustrating it can be. And um, how we all know doing something like yelling at a customer is just like terrible and the last thing you should do. But sometimes you just feel so frustrated and at your wit's end and like you're not being heard When we know as retailers, it is our job to make the customer understand that we do hear them and we we appreciate what they're saying. But when then that that listening is not a two way street, it is just so wildly frustrating. And um, yeah, can lead to things like uh, unintentional hollering at customers, which is never plan A. So uh, there's a few things I want to talk about this episode. It's going to be maybe a little bit of a hodgepodge, but uh, I'm going to start out talking about these ongoing logistics issues. Now, I'm just going to preface this by saying I for sure don't have any solutions here. I for sure am just a showroom distributor. So I'm like the end of the distribution chain, (laughs) second only to the customer. So I'm fully aware there's a million things about how this works that I don't know. I'm not claiming to be an expert. I'm just going to put together some things people have told me and give you all some thoughts about how the logistics really affects us on the ground in lighting showrooms. If you're not somebody working in a lighting showroom every day, it might be a little easy to... um, not fully get uh, some of the pain that we feel in the stores. And I get it, but I'm going to try to describe it to you so that maybe you do get it. (laughs) Okay, so we all know for a variety of reasons, all primarily related to the pandemic, logistics are a nightmare right now worldwide, not just for lighting, but for every industry. Ships are backed up at the ports. They can't get offloaded. There's not enough containers, um, like enough physical containers in uh, China and other factories overseas to even load with the product. A million things. So estimated arrival dates of product say, okay, say manufacturer has their product made in the factory in China. They do manage to find enough empty containers to load it into. They load it into the empty containers They get it on a ship headed to the U.S. Once they knew when that ship left the port uh, overseas, manufacturers had a pretty good idea of when that product would hit the the ports in the United States, whether that is, um, you know, San Diego, Savannah, wherever else uh, freight is coming in inbound um, from overseas, they had a really good idea of what that timeline was and what it would t- the time it would take to go through customs and when it would arrive into their warehouses and then distribute out accordingly. 
But all of that has been upended. And actually, a really interesting thing I learned um, via uh, the, the Minka Group and uh, other manufacturers is that perishable products jump the line of any hard goods, made goods, which totally makes sense. So if there's a container full of bananas or oranges or something coming in, it's absolutely going to take priority over, you know, a light fixture that isn't going to go bad in a week. So that's just a whole other wrinkle. And then the perishables um, aren't just a a factor with ocean freight and coming – coming from uh, overseas, um, but also once we get stateside and they're loaded onto trains, again, trains do much of the, I think we all kind of know, or I've learned a lot, trains do a lot of the long-haul shipping from the ports to like manufacturers' warehouses and, and semis and tractor trailers really just tote the last leg of the load. Um, but it, again, um, perishables take precedence in all this. So it just leaves everything very upended and not knowing what's going on. And I understand that. So my showroom calls manufacturer X and asks for a date on a backordered product. I fully understand that that customer service person on the other end of the phone is giving me the best information they have based on past projections of how long something should take to get to their warehouse, when it was ordered, when it left um, overseas. Like, I fully understand that no one is out to give somebody intentional bad information. <laughs> like, I know everyone is trying their hardest. I know as dates change, you're trying to keep your systems updated. I totally get it. I think I've harped on this a lot, but clearly it's going to keep coming up. The more that manufacturers can uh, communicate with their distributors, I don't care how automated the process is, the more you can communicate with me the status of my orders and any changes related to them, it helps so much. So if I have, a, you know, let's say six purchase orders in with manufacturer A and you know, there was a back order date of, you know, May 1st, but now all of a sudden it's June 1st. Ha ha ha, more like July 1st. But <laughs> but if the date changes, I should somehow be alerted from the manufacturer pushing that information to me instead of me having to call back to the manufacturer when that May 1st date has come and gone and the customer is calling and the product hasn't shipped. And then I and I told them May 1st, you know, it might might not be that date, but, you know, May 1st is when they say they'll have it. Well, I was never notified of anything. So May 1st comes and goes. The customer calls the store, wants to know the tracking or has their fixture arrived. No, it hasn't. Let's call the manufacturer A back again. And we do. And we find out, oh, lo and behold, a few weeks ago, the back order date changed to June 1st, but we were never notified. We didn't call to check on it again because we had a back order date. And then it just snowballs. The customers become so frustrated with us. And I know my salespeople know, I think in most well-run lighting showrooms, the same is true. We know you guys in the manufacturing side are not feeding us bad information on purpose. Like we totally get it. I am your teammate. I'm in the trenches and I'm feeling the pain with you. Like I totally get it. But we all have to think about our very end user in this. So 
I'd really encourage sales managers within the sound of my voice (laughs) that work for a um, manufacturer. Okay, I wrote this earlier. I'm going to read what I wrote. Not really a fan. I always think it comes off sounding funny, but I wrote this this morning. And I said, sales managers really need to think about how trying these situations are in the showroom. And I'm sure the customer service people answering the phone are talking to many frustrated showroom salespeople. Like, I get it. You're probably getting lots of phone calls. And uh, somebody in the situation I just described calls in like, what? You changed the back order date to June 1st? I had no idea. I'm really irritated. And I understand that your customer service team is getting so many of those calls and probably dealing with a lot of frustration. And they all deserve a pat on the back for doing generally an excellent job at dealing with our frustration. So I super appreciate that. And I imagine in my head, fully just imagine that these customer service agents are reporting back to their managers that showrooms are complaining a lot and we're being difficult and unreasonable and not understanding the situation. And don't they just get it that we only have these dates. We didn't know they were wrong. It just turned out they were wrong. Why are these showrooms giving us so much grief when we're just doing the best we can? And I promise that we fully get it. (laughs) Like, I know that you are doing your best to serve me, the showroom, your customer. But our customers become exceptionally frustrated when dates that are given are not even remotely, closely met in terms of delivery. And then that leads to, I'll just call it a (laughs) beatdown. It's not usually that dramatic, but customers really beat down the showroom sales staff when these dates are mind-numbingly changing all the time. And then the showroom, being a showroom, and the last point of, you know, last link in the chain of the distribution and retailers and customers always, right, that kind of thing, the showroom is always put in a place of we have to do whatever we can to make it right for our customers. And that's fine. I've said it in previous podcasts, like nobody told me I had to have a lighting showroom and sell goods to the product. Like I get it. There are some things that are just the cost of doing business, but we have to do whatever we can to make it right for our customers. Many times lately, that's taking a fixture down off display and giving it to a customer, selling it to a customer, um, any number of other things where we're having to give them refunds. Again, if we're selling off our displays, then I don't have that display to sell off of. And, you know, the display, the replacement is backordered. Clearly, we just went over that. So it's not like I can just order in another fixture, have it here in a week. Um, I, who knows when I'll get it back. And in the meantime, that display is gone. And that hurts us all, not just the showroom, but the manufacturer too. So these ongoing issues, I know, just kind of can't be avoided. They are just a fact of the world right now. But the hassles are just so much when you're in the showroom. And this is what I wrote earlier. I'm done with my written statement, by the way. But um, this is what I wrote earlier and really just wanted to try to convey to anyone who maybe doesn't get it because they're not working in a showroom every day, the the real tension between our staff and customers over changing dates is just, it's a lot. And, uh, and it wears us out in the showroom every day. You know, 
we're trying to be service with a smile and cheerful and positive and it's just a light fixture it's not the end of the world but it just i do totally get it if it were me in my home and i was told i was going to have something may 1st and now maybe i'll get it june 1st I would be incredibly frustrated and I would probably say to that person, do you even have any idea what's going on? And, uh, you know, no, we're just trying to, you know, pandemic or whatever. And it's just not working um, at all <laughs> with our customers, even though it's 100% the truth. The The reasons for these issues are just not um, holding muster with the, with the public at large, by and large. Now, if they've already experienced this issue, this issue with an appliance or windows or whatever else the case may be, people are maybe a little bit more understanding, but still not totally. Um, it just It's just an ongoing real stress point. So I know there's not a lot we, we can do in the supply chain. You know, we can't all band together and fix that. Um, if we could, we could probably all make a lot of money. <laughs> but so we can't fix the supply chain, but we do really need to work on this improved communication between manufacturers and distributors, any dates of change of your purchase orders from, so this is a manufacturer's purchase order to the factory. Uh, if those dates are changing, that information needs to go to the showrooms when a showroom has stock ordered and committed in that, that bill of goods. So if I've ordered item one, two, three, four, five, and the back order date changes on it, uh, I should be somehow notified because I, I am reserving item one, two, three, four, five for my showroom or my customer or whatever the case may be. And I should be notified when the back order date on that changes so that I can then notify the customer as soon as possible. Um, <laughs> maybe reselect, whatever the case may be. But the more information I have up front ahead of time, instead of dropping it on the customer after they think their product has already shipped, be so useful. And do I understand that it should also be a little bit more on showrooms to call on orders and follow up maybe a little bit more than we are used to? Absolutely. I get it. I want to try to do that. Um, I do have a person in my showroom that calls on all of our purchase orders after they're submitted to make sure they're received, uh, to get tracking, all of that. But um, she already had a full-time job of doing that and her other tasks before this started. So I just don't know how much time I'm going to be able to carve out of her schedule or somebody else's to make more repeat ca calls to try to get updated back order dates. So we just kind of do it on an as-need basis. And that's really where we get in a lot of trouble with our customers because, again, the showroom distribution isn't getting the updated information of our our specific orders. And this is whole, just setting aside the whole issue of updated information on the product in general that might be flowing through to like XO Lights or Lights America or uh, Industry Sync, whatever. Let's just set all that aside. Um, but when I have stock that's supposed to be committed for me and my customer, um, the information flow on where that product really is and when it's really expected to arrive, it's very, it's, it, the chain is broken. <laughs> the link in that chain, somebody has taken some chain pliers to it, have pulled it right open. The link is broken. <laughs> so... Anything that can be done on the manufacturer side or in conjunction with your reps, or I, I don't know, I'm sure the plan would look different for everyone, 
but any way that you can continually communicate information on product that has been ordered by your customers to them of changes in expected delivery date is so huge and so critical and so needed. And I promise it'll cut down on those angry phone calls uh, that you might be getting in your customer support departments uh, because we'll have the information ahead of time so there won't be any need to call, find out bad information, and get frustrated with someone. I'm not saying that's actually happening, the angry phone calls. I just can envision a world in which this frustration is really kind of boiling over. And uh, as we all know, the people that tend to get the brunt of that frustration um, in showrooms and manufacturers tends to be the person answering the phone. <laughs> so customer sales, customer support, sorry. So that's my little rant on that. Um, I would love to hear ideas about how we can get better at this as an industry. It is just clear as day to me that we really need some improvements in how our information flows between all of the branches of our industry. So um, I wanted to announce to y'all, everyone will be delighted to hear, I am two shots in on my COVID vaccine. The reason I bring this up, I got the Moderna for those of you that are interested. I did have side effects, not so much after the first shot, after the second one, just had a day of not really wanting to get out of bed, but that was it. The reason I mentioned this at all uh, is I can't tell you, I just wanted to share with you since my first episode was about COVID fatigue and which I still have, and I know we all do to some degree, the mental relief I felt after getting this vaccine, I don't think I could tell you how much better I feel, even just like emotional health-wise, mental health-wise, uh, surely physical health. And, you know, I keep up with the news pretty good. I understand all the you know, just because I have the vaccine doesn't mean I can't get it. Like, I totally get it. I know you could tell me all the things that this vaccine is giving me false peace of mind about. And I do understand. But um, I just feel so much better. <laughs> and the reason I bring this up is because I have been, and I think a lot of us really have been struggling to maintain momentum through this past year looks like it's going to be going on a solid year and a half of, of uh, living our lives, you know, some version of what they have been. And I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not past it all. It's not like all magically better because I got my vaccine, but I do feel like for me, the first step into feeling uh, a little bit improved in my uh, mental state was getting this vaccine. I really did feel such relief over having it and so much better. So be really interested to hear what you guys think if you're having a similar experience. Um, to that point about maintaining momentum, before next week's episode or an upcoming episode, I'm going to do some more research on this, but would love it if any of you guys listening could reach out to me with great resources you found for how to keep pushing yourself forward when all you really want to do is stop. And um, because maybe because I'm a, a female or I'm wired up the way I am, I'm not really talking about financial incentives. Financial incentives are plenty for me to get out of bed and come to work every day. Sometimes at some point you need something even extra to really feel motivated and empowered and excited about going to do your job every day. And I think with the times that we've all been living through, the more 
uh, oomph, <laughs> the, the more we can, the more joy, the more, I don't know, the more that we can give ourselves, the better. I think um, if there, if you have any great tools or tips or resources, or I read this quote, whatever it is, I would love to hear your thoughts on how you keep maintaining your forward momentum and forward progress, even when everything just is kind of like wore you down and you just kind of want to not give up, obviously, but you just kind of want to like check out mentally. So how are you maintaining your momentum um, among our back order, back order, back order world, <laughs> which nobody loves? I know, but it's just so much sometimes. So I think the only thing I wanted to close out this episode with is just um, I know a lot of us heard uh uh, on, well, let's say what that was April 19th, Monday, April 19th, the press release came out about uh, WAC's uh, purchase of um, Schoenbeck lighting. And I think that's all super exciting. I only want to comment on it. I think it's, you know, I believe it'll be a smart move, great move. I can't look, I can't wait to see what comes of it. Um, I think find things like this very interesting and exciting. Um, it is a continued consolidation of the lighting industry, which has just been an interesting trend that we're, we've been on as an industry uh, as a whole. The main reason I bring it up at all is because I'm just really looking forward to any innovation that's going to come from this. Uh, I think there's some really exciting opportunities here. Um, I'd be really interested to see that. And um, plus, I just thought it was really outstanding news. I thought it was uh when I shared it ab about the news in the Lighting Showroom Association, it was pretty uh, interesting how the folks on the manufacturer's side were not surprised by this at all. And then us showroom folks were like, what? What a weird combination. Crystals and LED? Like, <laughs> it's just pretty amazing how different um, the news was perceived amongst our various groups. Like, um, and and that just kind of goes back to one of my main talking points in this podcast is the communication lines between uh, manufacturers and showrooms, it, there does seem to be a little bit of a, a wall there. And to whatever degree I can with this podcast or I can through the Lighting Showroom Association uh, start to remove that wall brick by brick, I think that really only helps us all. Again, I spent 20 minutes of the podcast talking about uh, frustrations with the supply chain issues that we fundamentally understand in the showroom, but I don't necessarily believe the the manufacturers really get the in the showroom pain that that causes and the frustration. And so that two way street of communication does seem to be broken just a smidge. And I think it's something that we really should aim to work on. But anyway, I think the WAC and Schoenbeck no news is extremely exciting. I can't wait to see what happens with that, as I know many of us will be watching and waiting. And I think um, the deal closes at the end of June. So that'll be really awesome to see. Thank you all again for listening to another episode of The Light Files. Please follow me on Instagram at Light Files or, you know, Lisa Light's Life also on Instagram. Um email me, reach out to me. Thank you so much for listening. Share with a friend and have a great day. I'll talk to you again next week.